At Sandy Spring Bank, we care about people, not transactions. So we concentrate on creating personalized solutions to start or grow a business that provides for your family, to purchase a home that will house the memories you make there, to save so you can enjoy today and then pass on your legacy to future generations. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash real. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. Well, good afternoon or good evening or good morning. My name is Willie Lawson, and I am the CEO, chief bottle washer, janitor, uh, receptionist of Fightback Media. And this is the Weekend Wrap. I trust that you are well. I hope you had a great week. We have lots to look forward to in the next four days. There will be an inauguration of a, a new president. And um, there will be a peaceful transition of power because that's how we do it in this country. And that's all there is to it. That's how we do it here. And that's what separates us from damn near everywhere in the world. So, And that's what separates us from everywhere in the world over history. So we're looking forward to a peaceful transition of power. We're also looking forward to what's new for the conservative movement moving forward through a Biden-Harris administration. And that's important, too. So we're looking forward to all of that. But you know what? This week we had one of the best weeks ever on the morning report. And um, I'm going to bring you some of that. Actually, I'm going to bring you a lot of that plus uh, today. And I hope that you enjoy interviews with Frank Johnson of freedomforum.website and my friend Dwayne Lester, uh, one of the one of the finest libertarians that I know personally. So uh, interviews with both of those gentlemen. And of course, no weekend rap is complete without hearing from our friend Tim Bryce. So just sit quietly and enjoy the route. We'll be back right after these messages. If you are a true blue conservative, small businesses are near and dear to your heart. They are the lifeblood of our life and economy. I believe this, and that's why my florist is not a website or phone number. My florist is Bloomingdale's Flower Shop, Tampa's premier flower shop. At 11618 North Florida Avenue here in Tampa, Florida, and at 6835 State Road 54 in Newport Ritchie. Call Christine at 813-933-1942 and at 727-232-6900. She can also be reached on the web at www.bloomingdays.com. We are in tumultuous times here on the internet. Many platforms are finally taking this opportunity to rid themselves of conservative voices. A lot of you are learning how this internet game is played and are wondering if there is a place for you online. Well, yes, there is. Freedomforum.website is providing a place for everyone to be, including conservatives. Freedomforum.website is dedicated to the First Amendment and free speech for everyone. Join us there and speak your mind.
One of the things that I get asked most is where can I get information that is not tainted with liberal bias, especially here in the Tampa Bay area? Well, now I have the answer. DBCTampa.com A website by and for Tampa area conservatives. Tampa's leading conservative voices speak freely at tbctampa.com. And you can too. So join the fun and enjoy the freedom at tbctampa.com. Thank you ever so much for um, for spending some time with us here on the uh, weekend wrap. Let's get this started. Last week we saw a lot of what we knew was coming, and a lot of us have already experienced the large tech companies, Facebook, Twitter, um, people who who you know who are in that game like Amazon. Basically, took a you know a full frontal assault on free speech and they started with the president of the United States deplatforming the president after the events in the Capitol. We saw um a deplatforming of the president. You know what and a lot of us out here have said, you know what, this was first of all, this was coming. And if you were surprised by this, you had not been paying attention. A lot of people have been deplatformed over the past seven or eight years. Um yours truly uh, lost his AdSense account almost ten years ago. So his, my ability to uh, monetize Facebook videos has been gone for a very long time, nearly 10 years. So I understand what this what this is and what this is about. And so do people on the on our platform like Alfonso Rachel and both um, Kevin and Janelle Bats of Red River TV. Every one of us have, have experienced it. So we weren't surprised. Um, we, are sh- we are dismayed, obviously, upset, angered. Uh, even during, even at this re- recording of the um, of the more of, of the weekend wrap, I have personally, uh, I'm personally in quote Facebook jail, unable to comment on any other post that isn't on my Facebook page that I'm not I- an admin to. So I'm in Facebook jail, I guess, for something that I think I posted back in December, almost a month ago. They just got around to it, I guess. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because, you know what, they, the gentleman that I'm about to talk to, his name is Fred jo- uh, Frank Johnson. And Frank Johnson has started something that, you know, an alternative. The marketplace will provide alternatives for conservatives. If we are patient and if we are helpful, alternatives will come about. I know a Facebook um, alternative is MeWe. Another one, which I think is a lot better, frankly, is, no pun intended, is freedomforum.website. Freedomforum.website. One of the progenitors is a gentleman by the name of Frank Johnson. And here's the interview I did with Mr. Johnson this week. Well, you know, we have here on the Morning Report 
let you know that we are going to start bringing you important voices in this discussion um, of freedom and liberty and the things of freedom and liberty. And today, here on this Monday morning, the 11th day of January 2021, year of our Lord, is going to be one of those days. We're going to make sure that you understand where we are. We have always said here on, on the Morning Report, and, and, and we did Space Bar Productions and uh, Fightback Media, that the and Fightback Media is designed, was, it was in its intent to start building a conservative infrastructure. Because <clears throat> when we talk about um, what we're seeing here with Twitter and all social media uh, are banning the president of the United States from communicating in what in some chosen way. A lot of us saw a lot of this coming. You know, a lot of people who have been c- producing conservative content for a while saw this coming. People like my friend Alfonso Rachel, who has been deplatformed from YouTube for the past seven years, and Facebook for the past five years. We all saw it coming. And and now it's affecting a lot of people and people and you know and 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 the Facebook crowd, Twitter crowd are scrambling. Uh, you know, but it's always good to um, find someone who is about solutions, and not about exacerbating the problem or, you know, running around just saying the sky is falling as if that's helpful. And today we've got someone on the program who is actually doing something about it. Um, the gentleman's name is Frank Johnson. Frank Johnson has written uh, and is, is pushing a website called freedomforum.website, freedomforum.website. And this, and I signed up, so, you know, because I wanted to, first of all, look at it, and it looks great, and it has similar, and I, I, I'm going to let Frank talk about it, but its functionality is something that you'll be able to grasp onto, I think, pretty much right away. So without further ado, uh, and I want to thank uh, Frank for spending some time with us and um, letting us know what he's doing and a little bit about himself. Let's go ahead and click the button and see if we can not bring down the entire internet on the eastern seaboard. And we seem to be okay. Uh, good morning, Mr. Johnson. How are you doing this glorious day? Mr. Lawson, thank you so very much for allowing us to have a little bit of time on the platform this evening. Uh, You know that we've been friends for a long time through the social media platforms that have now been run amok with censorship and closures, and uh, this being the first time that we've actually had the opportunity to speak one-on-one on the air, I just, again, wanted to thank you for giving us the forum so that we can help other people find their voice. It's about solutions. When I very, you know, when I started doing, uh, Frank, when I started doing um, social media and podcasting back in 2008, some 4,000 podcasts ago, uh, which is amazing to me, um, that uh, I, my, my, my little mantra was BYOS, bring your own solution, because the problems are easy to see. And I don't know about you, but you, I'm sure because you've gone so far here, you saw all this come in how long ago? 
Oh, we we saw this train coming down the track several years ago with uh, the other organization that we founded, the Liberty First Foundation, which is, you know, for those who might not know, it's a civil rights group that primarily focuses on the Second Amendment. And uh, we had been using social media platforms as a way to try and spread the message about the Second Amendment. And we had seen how much we were getting pushback from the platforms with shadow bans and re- refusing to distribute our links and how many people we had in our organization that would never see the updates that we put out. So we knew back then that we were already facing a, a pretty big wall that we were going to have to figure out how to climb. And we saw people getting banned and we saw people getting shut down. And we just, we just honestly didn't think it was going to happen as quickly as it did. And, well, we actually, with the, with the new website, the Freedom Forum website, uh, we're actually two weeks ahead of time now with getting it open. Uh, we weren't going to be debuting it until January 20th. We wanted it to coincide with Inauguration Day, uh, depending upon whichever way it went. Uh, you know, just to hedge our bets, you know, that if freedom of speech was going to go forward or take a step back, we wanted to you know provide an outlet, and we were going to coincide with that thing. So when... We saw what happened in the last couple of days with uh, Amazon and Google and Twitter and Facebook and everybody getting their shut their platform shut down, such as Parler. Uh, we said, you know, we, we're going to have to push this deadline ahead and start giving people the option to, uh, you know, and may not, maybe not transfer over all their social media content, but at least establish a new means of communication because, as you can see right now, none of us are getting any warning. Uh, they're, they're giving up. They're saying, if you don't comply immediately, we're going to shut you down. And we are here. To- CIOCS, Soup 5, ITES SW2, to get. These contracts are just a few of the many federal contracts Connection Public Sector Solutions supports. Connection's IT hardware, software, and services for federal agencies are budget-friendly and delivered with exceptional customer service, easing procurement challenges, and day-to-day frustrations. Connection Public Sector Solutions, guiding the connection between people and technology. Learn more at connection.com slash fedcontracts. Prevent that from happening. We might not be able to prevent it on Facebook or any of the other platforms, but at least we can provide an outlet where censorship is not the flavor of the day. We are not going to be censoring. We are not going to be fact-checking. We are not going to be, you know, throwing people off of the platform for speech that, you know, some people may find objectionable. We want people of all stripes to come in and establish a presence, say what they want to say, spread their ideas, and if their ideas suck, well, you know what? We're going to encourage debate. We're not going to encourage people to shut people down or shout them down. We want the best ideas to prevail, and the only way that you can do that is on an open forum where people can speak their mind. Now, part of the problem that you know some people will have is, well, you're going to get racists, you're going to get sexists, you're going to get bigots. Well, you know what? Our founding fathers didn't write the Constitution to prevent people from being those things. People have the right to be those things. Now, whether or not we want to take those people and push them off into the back where they take those those thoughts that they have and let them fester, or we want to have them bring those you know, out to the forefront where we can debate them and we can show them a better way and show them why they're wrong, well, we're going to give them that platform to do it. So it doesn't matter if you're left, right, gay, straight, black, white, whatever color, creed, race, religion, 
belief system that you have, you're going to be welcome on the Freedom Forum website because we want it to be an open level of communication for all people. And I think that's I think that's important. What hasn't happened here, which I'm looking forward to having here on, on freedomforum.website, is this: is that your ideas will live or die in the marketplace of ideas, and that's what it's and that's really what, what it's all about. That's what the founding fathers had all along. It wasn't that everybody agreed and walked in ideological lockstep. That wasn't how the country was founded. It was founded on the battling of, of ideas. And ideas live or die in the marketplace of ideas. If you are a racist, bigot, homophobic, uh, misogynist, guess what? If your ideas, they will either ascend or descend if you put them in the marketplace of ideas. Um, if you put them out there and then people are able to logically rip your ideas into shredded cheese, then guess what? Then they won't, ca- then they won't catch on. Then they simply exactly. won't catch on. Um, and, 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 you, and you won't have to do, you know, do what some of these platforms are doing. And, and the quote we've seen lately is um, ripping out a person's tongue doesn't, <laughs> doesn't say they're a liar. It says, it says right. more about you're afraid of what they might say. Um, and this is what's been needed for a long time, Frank. Uh, because, again, we saw it, and again, like, like I mentioned in the open, I, I saw it with my friend Alfonso Rachel. Alfonso Rachel um, was hot as a pistol on, on, on YouTube for, I don't know, 2008, 2009, and then suddenly seemed to disappear. And people were saying, did, Alf- did, did Zoe just quit? No, he hadn't. But, he, but I started seeing him being shadow banned. I started looking for videos and finding them and saying, you know, I didn't get any notification that he was doing this. So some of us saw this coming a long time ago. And, and, I, and, and I think what's, what was different and I want to ask you about is that a lot of um, so-called conservative or free speech websites and, um, and forums like Parler and MeWe and, like, and, and the like are depending on an infrastructure – that hates them. And I know I'm being hyperbolic. Right. I know I'm being hyperbolic. Well, that, well that's How the can number one continue? problem. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a lot of problem. That's the problem that a lot of these sites didn't really take into consideration is how virulently full of hate that the opposition is when it comes to a certain message that they would rather cancel your entire business contract with them then allow you to have the promotion of your free speech so a lot of these other companies that went with uh like you said the infrastructure with the servers that are owned by amazon that are owned by google or they're owned by uh, some other tech oligarch that has a particular persuasion they all fell subject to rules and regulations that they didn't even realize they were going to fall to and that's ideological hatred the, you know, everybody thinks that the dollar is is the almighty when it comes to business, and as you see, it's not. You can see MSNBC and CBS and ABC, and you can look at the ratings that news channels come across. They have abysmal ratings. So you say, how do they stay afloat? Well, because they're being propped up by tremendous amounts of money in the tech industry that have the money. They don't really care if they lose the money if they if they're going to win the fight. But the only way they can win the fight is to silence everybody's voice. 
So when we started establishing what we were going to do, we knew right off the bat that we were going to have to be as independent as we possibly could. And that meant by having our infrastructure set separately where big tech could not touch us. So they might be able to shut down Parler or or MeWe or any of the other uh, sites that are out there. They can't touch us because we're not using them as services. So as it is right now, our server structure is kind of small. You know, like I said, we're a startup. We're very, we're very, very small. We're self-funded. We're not a bunch of, you know, Silicon uh, City millionaires or anything. We're just a couple of blue-collar folks over here trying to get a message out. And we're very small, but we can handle an awful lot of traffic with what we've built so far. The more people we can get into our site, the more gener- the more re- revenue that we may be able to generate through advertising, but it's not going to be the advertising like you see on some of your other social media sites. We would like to give the opportunities to the smaller businesses to be able to come in at a reduced price for advertising so that they can get their message out without breaking their bank. We can get the funding we need so that we can expand our server network so that we can better prepare ourselves to handle the influx of new people that need to come in and never have to worry about having to shut down because somebody doesn't like our politics and somebody doesn't like the fact that we want to provide a platform for all voices. You know, I'm so glad you said that. I've been saying for I've been saying for years that people think people really believe that it was all about the money. No, there's a lot of bunch of folks have have enough money. It's about the control. It's about the power. And 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 you really have to understand that as you're moving through this space because some of the things don't make sense. Um, and for and I, and I heard some people saying today that it didn't make sense that uh, Amazon would kick off Parler uh, when they could make money from them. Well, because they don't care about the money. They don't. Right. They have plenty of money. They don't care about the money. They care about the control. They care about the about the power. And I was listening to an interview um, from somebody today, and and, and 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 it was interesting. And I want to get your view on it. That forever, uh, people have been saying that media has been the propaganda wing of the Democrat Party. Um, someone said it's it's sort of flipped on its head now. It seems like. These media giants and these tech giants, you know, and, and big tech have actually usurped the Democrat Party and, and, and the leftists and now have become the driving force and the, and, and the message senders um, in all of this discussion now. What do you think? Well, he who controls the message controls everything. And when you have all these media companies that have gotten to grow into these huge conglomerates where not only are they just newspapers or television or cable TV, but their movies, their radio, their Internet, their server systems, when these organizations garner so much power, and, and that power is garnered mostly through the collection of information, they then have the ability to then buy up the media outlets that give the politicians the the time that you want to talk. Now, there's a lot of politicians out there that have really good messages, but you never hear from them on television because the media outlets don't want to give them that voice. So it stands to reason that a lot of these politicians 
are going to start taking cues from the media. If they see that a particular viewpoint is being expressed more and more often on the mainstream media, those politicians are going to start expressing the same viewpoints. It's Pavlovian. They're seeing something and how to be rewarded with it, so they're going to cater to that point of view even more. So even though there's not a quid pro quo anymore like it used to be in Chicago politics, where a politician would get an envelope and say, you're going to support this and here's your money, now it's you're going to support this or you're not going to get on TV. And when you get people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, who they make their living, you know, uh, gearing up the tears to, you know, as soon as the little red light on the camera goes, if you start depriving them of the ability to get on television because they don't tow the same line that you want them to tow, well, guess what? They're going to start singing the song that you want them to sing if you're the one holding the camera. So now when you have the ideologies, all the ones that are controlling the media, they can control the, the politicians because they can control the content. So it only stands to reason that you know, what used to be special interest now coming in the form of donations to campaigns with all of the, uh, like the McCain-Feinberg bill and all the rest of this that was supposed to, uh, you know, handle a lot of these campaign reforms. Well, now they just turned it around and did it a certain way. How do you put a dollar sign on TV time? How much value did that interview produce for your campaign? How much value did you get out of pushing that agenda or that point of view? There is no quantitative way to say how much value that is, but if you had to buy that airtime, it would cost you a lot of money. So what they're not getting in one pocket, they're getting in another. You know, technology and information is the new currency. You know, the, the, when we're not on the gold standard, the, the paper money means nothing. Everybody is, you know, using uh, uh, cash cards and everything. I don't know when the last time I even held a dollar bill in my pocket was. But information is king. And if you can control the dissemination of information, you can control the message by the people who want to be the ones in power. So it's very simple to control them it's a matter of how do we break that monopoly how do we break that stranglehold and the only way to do it is by giving the voice back to the people that seems that seems you know what's funny it's funny frank that 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 seems to make a lot of sense um to me uh our my challenge is how are we going to get a lot of just the rank and file folk who are right now, a lot of people are upset and they're emotional and they're caught up. How do we get them to, to take a deep breath for a second and see their way out? You know, because it, it, it seems to me in my brain, I'm, I'm, I know I do this audio thing, but I'm a really visual dude. Um, it's like they're just running around in this pen and they're bouncing off each other and people are saying this and saying that. And somebody like you, for instance, you're holding a door open, and you're and you're waving. Y'all can we can get out. Just come over here. <laughs> oh, come over here. well, if I oh if I if I if I had the magic carpet for everybody to jump on and take the ride, I would have unfurled it a while ago. Um, I, I I likened it earlier today too. I was talking looking at people's threads on Facebook, and I see all of these people. They're complaining about the censorship. They're complaining about the fact-checking. They're complaining about uh, their friends are getting blocked. Everybody's in jail for 24 hours or 30-day bans or everything. And I'm like, listen, you are 
voluntarily putting yourself in a prison where the food is horrible. With the cost of living going up across the country, you deserve a solution that offers some change. BJ's Wholesale Club members can save an extra 50 cents per gallon at BJ's Gas when they spend $100 in club or with curbside pickup. Stop what you're doing and head over to your local BJ's to get the savings you deserve. Not a member? Join today at BJ's.com or in the club. In-club purchase and gas purchase must be made on the same day. Learn more at BJ's.com slash gas. If you love scratchers from the Virginia Lottery, you probably also love when your dog nails a new trick. That's an everyday win, baby. Come on, Ranger. Roll over. <laughs> Hun, did you see? He did it. Ranger rolled over. Oh, yeah. And now he's peeing on the rug. The rollover, though, still an everyday win. Like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Available in different prices and varieties at a lottery retailer near you. The Virginia Lottery. Everyday wins. For odds and more information, visit VALottery.com. The guards are beating you. Your bed is lumpy. Your cellmate is, you know, smells bad. But there's no doors on the prison. You can walk out at any time, and you can walk right out to freedom because you didn't get sentenced to prison. You didn't commit a crime that they said you're now deemed to Facebook for the rest of your life. You can leave at any time. And the worst part about it is you're not even ha- you don't even have to leave. You can maintain a presence there and maintain a presence someplace else. Nobody says that you can't have, you know, join more than one platform, but everybody says, oh, well, my friends are there. Your friends are there because you're there, and you're there because your other friends are there, and you're there because your other friends are there. Well, all it takes, you know, they, they say that, that courage is infectious. If you just start getting some people to say, listen, I'm going over here, and you can find me here, people will follow. You know, it, it's all of the people that they have become so comfortable in in this misery that they they have forgotten what the fight is about because maybe a lot of these people, you know, it's funny. I have said, I cannot tell you how many political rants I've gone off on over the years. I can't tell you how much foul language I've used on the internet over the years because I'm, I am, I am by, I am by no stretch of the imagination a saint. Okay. I, I say a lot of outrageous things because I, 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 use, I speak in metaphors a lot and in all the time that I've been on Facebook, I have never received a, a, a ban for anything. And I have never had a comment taken down. And, and I say, so I'm not one of these people that has suffered the wrath of Facebook in the conventional sense as an individual. Now, my groups and my political affiliations, yeah, they've suffered the wrath. And that's, you know, you know drawn my ire more than most. But I, don't, I haven't felt the, uh, the, the Zuck ban you know, personally, but I see other people that have, they're like, Hey, I'm back from my ban. And four hours later, their page is gone. And I'm like, what happened? I got banned again. Well, why are you still here? Why are you still in that? Well, they say you're here. I say, ah, but I'm also over there. I've also, I also have a presence here. I'm over here with the fishing line and the hook, and I'm trying to give you something to grab onto so that you can come with me. I can pull you over there if you take your feet out of the cement and are willing to make that move. You can keep your, your profile here and leave a message. You know, hey, I'll buy pizza if you look at me. I'm over at the Freedom Forum. Bring people over. It's not hard to do. People say, well, 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 this network is so big. What they forget is 
Mark Zuckerberg did not build the Facebook network. He didn't build the Facebook network. He didn't build anything more than a little website. You know who built the Facebook network? The billions of people who logged on to it. The people that logged on to Facebook are the ones that uploaded the photos, that uploaded the content, that shared the magazine stories, that shared music videos, that shared pictures of their children, pictures of their pets, that shared their political viewpoints. They're the ones that made the groups. They're the ones that you know, designed logos. They're the ones that brought the commerce to Facebook. The people did all of that. Mark Zuckerberg did not do that. So all of these people that look at the platform, that's not what Mark Zuckerberg built. That's what, what the people built. And what the people built is being censored, and what the people built is being restricted. And what the people built can be built somewhere else if they have the courage and fortitude to do it. And we're going to try and give those people that option. If they want to take that option, we welcome them with open arms, and we're going to make it as free and, and you know, with no restrictions as possible. We have a policy. I'm not going to say what it's on the air. It's a little off color. You know, it's basically, you know, don't be a, don't be a, don't be a bad person. You know, yeah, that's going to be our policy. Okay, just don't be a dick. Bingo. That's the exact <laughs> phrase. I, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it on air. But it's the it's the don't be a dick policy. That's what it's going to be. You know, if, you, if you're afraid of what, if your kid was standing over your shoulder and you were going to post something and you had to tell your kid to walk out of the room, don't post that. Don't do it. Right. If you're afraid of what your mother would say if she read what you wrote, don't write try to, it. Otherwise, try to be try to be a grown up. Can you try to be a grown up? Yeah. Yeah, now we're going to have we're going to have private groups on the page, you know, just like everybody else, and I'm sure that there's going to be people posting things that are probably, you know, off color. But you know what? We're not going to go in and police them. It's not our job. We're going to ask people to self-police. Now, there are going to be some things that if we do see it, you know, there are there are some things that go beyond the pale. That it's not a matter of censorship, it's a matter of criminality. That we're not going to tolerate. You know, uh, there's a couple of things on a, a, a famous politician's son's website, uh, you know, laptop. If we saw some of that stuff going on, uh, you know what, we're going to have to address that. But for the most part, it's we just want to free, uh, be a free and open exchange of ideas and let people just debate. That's the only thing that can. I mean, I one of my best friends is is to the to the left of uh, of Bernie Sanders, and we respect each other, and we can argue all the live long day, but we respect each other because we're both honest in our viewpoints, we're honest in our beliefs, we don't sugarcoat anything, and even though I believe that he's wrong on everything, including his wardrobe, I <laughs> he, you know he he has the right. And you wear ugly clothes. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I live in blue jeans and leather jackets. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not a fashion plate. Although I, you know, I, I do have a couple of nice suits, but I think I'm about forty pounds too heavy for them now. But like I said, we we respect each other because we we care about each other. We respect each other's viewpoints, and I will defend his viewpoints from fellow conservatives only because I know that this person is a true believer, and I understand where they're coming from, and it's from the heart. But when I see people that I, the people I debate for, I debate because it's not coming from the heart. It's coming from a different place. And it's coming from a place where, you know, 
the same place that the people that say we don't need to have, uh, you know, illegal immigration should be fine because we need our dishwashers and our and our lawn care people and our babysitters. And I, my point of view is, well, that's not coming from a place of goodness. That's coming from a place of selfishness. There's a difference. You know, I, I don't begrudge anybody for wanting to come to this country because this is the greatest country in the world and provides the greatest amount of opportunity. And I want people to come here, but I want them to be able to come here and aspire to be more. I want them to be able to come here and get the American dream. I want them to be able to come here, go to college, get a good job, buy a good house, buy a nice car, live a life that promotes healthy you know, eating, exercise. I want people to live the life that they should live, that they would never be able to attain in their native land. But a people who want open borders want people to come here to be servants. That's yeah. the difference between somebody who wants to have, who comes from a point of the heart, and there's people who come from the point of being selfish. Conservatives don't want to be selfish. We want to be inclusive. We want people to have a better life. So I will debate that issue with somebody, and I wait for somebody to prove me wrong. They can't. I, I've yet to be able to. I'll just, but, but as soon as, you know, as soon as I start getting close to, you know, proving them wrong, I'm instantly a racist. Uh, you know, we, we we're trying to get away from that. If 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 the last vestige you have is to start attacking me or calling me names without listening to my point of view, you I know won. what? I already won. I already won the debate. I won the debate. Walk away. Hang your head in your shame because there's no, nothing more that you can say. You know, and we want to provide that opportunity. And if the people on the left want to take that challenge on and come to a place where they can have that debate honestly, honestly have that debate without resorting to the Saul Alinsky tactics, then we are for them. We want them there. We want them there because I believe we may be able to do them something that they've never been able to do, and that's see the light. Well, I am looking forward. I am super looking forward to how how we're moving forward here on Freedom Forum. It's, it's freedomforum.web.website. Is there a way to get? There's no app for this yet. This is just a this is just a website, correct? Well, right now it's a website that operates very much the way Facebook does. We are working on the mobile I app. You, but like I, said, I wanted well, you to say that because yeah, yeah, yeah we are working. You'll be, it'll be very yeah, familiar working, to people. Yeah, we're, we're working very, very diligently on the mobile app right now. Right now it's a very comfortable, easy-to-use platform, but it's only accessible right now through your browser. Fine. Uh, fine. Everything else is going to take a little bit of time and a little bit of money. We're trying to work on both of those. Uh, matter of fact, I didn't want to have to say it, but my my web developer, he's like, hey, listen, do you want to put a donate button up on there? I'm kind of reluctant to do it because I really don't want to ask anybody for help when I'm already asking them to join. You know, I, I feel that might be a bridge too far right off the bat, but it might come to that. We might have to ask people for help, but if they see value in what we're doing and they see value in being able to get their free free voice back that maybe they would be able to help us, that would be fantastic. We, we'll welcome it. Uh, but for most, we, for the most part, we're going to try and get up and running and learn to walk on our own. Uh, oh, you got a night mode, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we, yeah that we, yeah we we have thrown in a couple of, a couple of features other people don't have yet, but uh, like I said, we are going to have our our 
app is going to be available for Android. Uh, we're not necessarily sure what Apple is going to do since Apple is not exactly being friendly to some of our other uh, friends at the moment. But uh, it will be available for Android. And you know what? If we decide never to go the route of Apple, uh, Good. It, I would say that it's pretty damn well justified because Apple has proven itself to be no friend of the First Amendment. Well, when you start, I mean, again, this is this is the whole idea. When you start depending on other people's infrastructure who don't like you, I'll put it that way, I won't, I won't be as hyperbolic, then you are setting yourself up for frustration and heartache. So sometimes it's better not it's better not to go that way. Maybe, I don't know, we get this thing turned around and in five years you're getting you're you're getting a call from Apple saying, Hey, let we'd love to have your app on our um you know, on in in our in our app store. And then maybe then we can have a conversation. But until then, if you don't need it and we shouldn't need it, Frank, because this, as I've been playing with this website uh, since we um, communicated this afternoon, <laughs> there isn't anything that that you're missing at this point. There's nothing <laughs> that you're missing. And, and there's been, and a, you've seen, there's been a lot of fits and starts on these kind of websites. And some of them, frankly, have been just horrific. Just horrific. Buggy as hell. Um, really, I mean, almost like, oh, you need to be a developer to actually maneuver through this website. And this is not. This is thought out. It looks a lot like what people are used to. This, my friends who are listening right now, all the all the folks on fightbackmedia.com, this is where we're going to, I'm going to say this now, we're going to put at least 60% of our content on this website. Now, I believe like you do, there needs to be a remnant a rem- and that's what we're calling it, a remnant on some of the other places um, <clears throat> because that way we can, we can still take the fight and take the message to people who are, who, who are experiencing what I call the, the battered spouse syndrome. Yeah, he comes home and kicks your ass every Friday night, but you won't leave. <laughs> you know, it yeah. seems crazy. It seems insane, but I, underst- but I, actually, under- I actually understand it more than people think. So we're going to be putting at least sixty percent of our content. It's going to take a, it's going to take a little bit of a little bit of time, because again, we started this podcast. Oh God, back on March twenty seventh, two thousand eight. So there's a whole boatload of material. Uh, so we just have to decide when and how. But listen, man, you have done so far. You and your developers have done, have done a fantastic job, and I appreciate your efforts to the nth degree. And if there's anything we can do at fightbackmedia.com to help you move this along. Dude, you know how to you know how to get a hold of me. Let's go ahead and get this I, done. I and Willie, I, I hope that uh, in the future, very soon, we get to return the favor because I would love to be able to put you on the opposite end of the microphone, so we can conduct an interview with you for our other for our parent website, the Liberty First Foundation. You, you know, know because, I love to talk. Uh, not a problem. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, it's funny. I, during this conversation, I would have really thought both of us were a couple of wallflowers. <laughs> <laughs> and I and and I do believe that I do believe we both have the voice for radio. <laughs> I have well, I have the face for radio. That's for sure. Uh, well, so do I. <laughs> Although, all right. And, and one thing that's funny, you and I are both a lot more silver today than we were when we first spoke twelve years ago. <laughs> so. Dude, dude, <laughs> are you kidding me? That's not, that's that's not, that's not even close to being. Funny, it's so true that it's just 
is, is, is startling. All right, man. Well, thanks again for coming this morning. We really, really appreciate it. Um, one more well, time. It's the, let me make sure I get this right because it's super important I get it right. Um, it's freedomforum.website, correct? Yes, sir. Freedomforum.website. Freedomforum.website. That's all you got to put into your search engine, and you'll be able to find it. And uh, if not, yeah. And if uh, you have any problem with that, our parent website is uh, www.l1f.us. That stands for Liberty First Foundation. We're going to have all the links to that in case Facebook decides to shut us down on their platform so that we can't spread our own word. We already have a backup plan for that as well. You better, because that's how because that's how it's going to go. All right, man. Again, thank you again for spending some time with us this morning. Um, again, again, anything we can do, let let us know. We appreciate you. We appreciate you greatly. Will do, Willie. God bless you. Thank you for everything that you're doing, my friend. God bless you, sir. Enjoy the rest of your um, your week. Appreciate you. Will do. All right, bye now. That was an interview with my friend Frank Johnson, my new friend Frank Johnson. Um, the website is freedomforum.website. That's all you got to put. That's all you got to put in the browser. There isn't any reason why everybody who is listening to this right now doesn't do this today. There's no reason. Building our own infrastructure is the key. God bless the child that that has his own. We'll be back right after these messages. We are in tumultuous times here on the internet. Many platforms are finally taking this opportunity to rid themselves of conservative voices. A lot of you are learning how this internet game is played and are wondering if there is a place for you online. Well, yes, there is. Freedomforum.website is providing a place for everyone to be, including conservatives. Freedomforum.website is dedicated to the First Amendment and free speech for everyone. Join us there and speak your mind. If you are a true blue conservative, small businesses are near and dear to your heart. They are the lifeblood of our life and economy. I believe this, and that's why my florist is not a website or phone number. My florist is Bloomingdale's Flower Shop, Tampa's premier flower shop. At 11618 North Florida Avenue here in Tampa, Florida, and at 6835 State Road 54 in Newport Ritchie. Call Christine at 813-933-1942 and at 727 727- Two three two six nine zero zero. She can also be reached on the web at www.bloomingdays.com. One of the things that I get asked most is where can I get information that is not tainted with liberal bias, especially here in the Tampa Bay area. Well, now I have the answer. DBC Tampa. A website by and for Tampa area conservatives. 
Tampa's leading conservative voices speak freely at tbctampa.com. And you can too. So join the fun and enjoy the freedom at tbctampa.com. All right. All right. Again, thank you again. Uh, for coming to the uh, weekend wrap. Yeah, I told you that interview was off the chain. And we're going to follow it up with another one right this very minute from my friend um, Dwayne Lester. Dwayne Lester was on the program on Thursday, I think it was. And uh, it's, one of our, it's one of the best interviews that we've had in a very long time. So without further ado, my friend Dwayne uh, Lester uh, on the Morning Report. Good morning. Absolutely good morning. I trust that you are well. Um, we've talked about this for a, a while here on the uh, on the Morning Report. We're going to start bringing you folks that are not being heard in the way that we believe that they should be heard. Uh, we did an interview earlier on this week with uh, Frank Johnson. Frank Johnson uh, has put together a thing called uh, freedomforum.website. And and it is purportedly a, and it looks like it so far, a free speech website. And um, that was something that we talked about a long, long time ago. Something else we talked about a long, long time ago when I did my interview with Andrew Breitbart was this, is that if indeed conservatives are going to have a voice in social media going forward, they're going to have to build their own. So that's what's going on. Uh, and I also had the pleasure, the honor, indeed, to a few years ago, 2012, I think it was, and and he'll correct me because he always corrects me if I'm wrong, um, to uh, to meet a gentleman um, who was actually the first live um, libertarian that I have ever met. And um, other than being terrified every morning while we were driving to the office, other than that, uh, he taught me a lot about what we're missing here in this country, uh, what we say we want versus how, uh, how we behave and what we allow. Uh, and I had to, with all the things going on now, I had to, had to get him back here to have a discussion with him about a couple of things we're going to talk about, um, what a lot of the Facebook conservatives, and, and I say that on purpose, um, think that Mike Pence should have done, and some of the people who think that what he should do now, uh, and what was what was his place really in the counting of electoral votes? We told you what it was. We told you what it was, and now Dwayne is going to tell you what it really is. Um, and then um, all this crap about social media and can Parler be deplatformed and Facebook and all this nonsense and all this nonsense. Um, so without wasting any more of his time, because he's got like 800 kids and he's got to feed him breakfast. Let me see if I can click the button and not bring down the internet. And I didn't do it. <laughs> and on the other end of the phone is, is my dear friend, Dwayne Lester. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm better than I deserve. Willie, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing very well. It is so good to hear your voice again. Uh, everybody in in your house doing well, I trust? Yeah, actually, um, we just came out of quarantine. Pretty much all of us had uh, the, the COVID. So we, uh, 
we're out of it. Everyone's healthy. No one uh, got really sick. And uh, yeah, we're we're all uh, we're all strong. So it's a good day. So, well, well, you were going. Well, that's. I mean, you're some of the strongest people I know. So that doesn't surprise me. And I am thrilled that everybody's everybody's doing well. Good, 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 good. Um, listen, like I was like I was saying in the intro, uh, there was so much. Just in my opinion, and I, I'm going to get your opinion. Just completely incorrect information about what what Mike Pence's role was in the uh, in electoral. Um, tell me what you believe his role is in that particular um, procedure. I think it was exactly what we saw, wasn't it? Just to preside over the counts and, and do what the people who voted for. Uh, th- there's no place for him to to declare anything illegal in, in that. I mean, the states counted their votes. The states sent them in. The Congress Councilman Mike pretty much is, is there. Uh, this it's, idea it's, that I'm seeing – I'm sorry. Go ahead, Willie. No, it, 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 it's almost a ceremonial thing as opposed to uh, anything anything beyond that, correct? Well, it, it always has been. It, it yes. always has been. One thing that, that bothered me about this uh, the most was the way everyone was talking about it being a, a sacred moment. I'm like, sacred? It's a government. <laughs> you know, maybe it's me. <laughs> There's not a whole lot that goes on there that I consider sacred. It, it's like you said. It's more formality and, 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 and anything. But it, it is supposed to be something that happens routine. Every four years, there's accounting, there's an announcement, and we move on. There, there's not a lot of room there for Mike Pence to, to come in and say, actually, we're not counting those. That's the kind of thing that, that you see in, in third world countries. That's the kind of thing you see in totalitarian states. That's not what we do here. Yes, it, 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 you know, and it, it, is, it has bothered me greatly, so I'm, I'm scrolling through my Facebook because – I have not been a good enough person, so I need to be punished, apparently. So I'm scrolling through my yeah. Facebook, and, I, and I'm seeing, uh, you know, memes like, you know, uh, Pence is a traitor. Traitor? How? Yeah. For what? For, for doing what? For doing a exactly traitor to what? what the, exactly. <laughs> for doing exactly what, what the Constitution says to do. Yeah, and, and what's weird, Willie, uh, and very uh, serendipitous, is I just read a book and you know I'm constantly reading books, but there's there's a book that I just read on the history, uh, the, basically the rise and fall of socialism, and it's called Heaven on Heaven on Earth, uh, the rise and fall of, of socialism. And in this book, it talks about from from all the way to b- before Robespierre and Rousseau in France, who, who the the roots of socialism through the fall of the Soviet Empire, and what we've continually seen. Are our figureheads who build a cult around. If you love scratchers from the Virginia Lottery, you probably also love when your dog nails a new trick. That's an everyday win, baby. <laughs> Come on, Ranger, roll over. <laughs> Hun, did you see? He did it. Ranger rolled over. Oh, yeah. And now he's peeing on the rug. The rollover, though, still an everyday win. Like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Available in different prices and varieties at a lottery retailer near you. The Virginia Lottery. Everyday wins. For odds and more information, visit VALottery.com. And that cult, and I, I hate to use that word, but it's, it's, it's really a cult of personality. And it, it wasn't 
Mm-hmm. When I hear treason, I don't think it's it's so much treason to the country as treason to Trump, and that's bothersome. It's bothersome, and and you know when this was ramping up in 2015, I caught a lot of hell for saying, you know what, some of the people who are supporting Donald Trump seem and sound like a lot of the people who supported Barack Obama. They were acting in in the very same sort of, and I'll say it, cultish kind of way. Um, It was was just weird to me. It was just bizarre. Um, And it seems like some of these people are still, still around. And Oh yeah, I thing. saw I, I saw I saw a friend of mine the other day, a Facebook friend, and I'm starting to look at. I built up a a, a big uh, battery of Facebook friends when I was blogging a lot, and I'm yep. looking at some. Of, I look at my feed now, and I'm like, I don't know you, and what you're <laughs> saying is insane. Uh, I don't I don't unfriend a lot uh, of people. I don't. I just look at them and say, okay, that's someone I need to have a conversation with. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to create an echo chamber. But when I read something, when I read someone's post and it says Donald Trump is the best president of all time, I I, I almost am I'm compelled to type in better than George Washington, better, <laughs> better than, than the Abe, father of the country, better than Abe Lincoln, really? Okay, better, yeah, <laughs> and it's it, it is it I, I find that. I find that troubling. I, I, that's the best word for it I, that I can think of because it, it, it does trouble me. I look at that and say, I don't know, I don't know how a person can say that. When you look at the history of, and, and you know, I'm no friend of government, but when you look at the history of presidents that we've had, when you look at at George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, when you look at at Reagan, when you look at at the whole litany of them, Frank, you know, you can say what you want about Franklin Roosevelt, but he led the country through World War II, and he, he found, found ways to inspire people to do things. These were great presidents, and I don't, I just, I don't get that mentality, uh, and, and you're right. I saw it, too. Um, I saw it, too, in 2016, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't get it. You, you propose, you, you preach these principles but this person is rejecting them. But now you're saying this person is the best of all time. I don't know how you walk down that road. It started early. It's the, you know, and I, I was on a, a local radio show and um, it started very early for me. Um, I, I'm thinking this is going, this is going to get really, really bizarre. Um, it was the, the use of executive orders after the use of executive orders was panned and, and and thought of as executive fiat and kingship and royalty um, being used by Barack Obama. And one of the first things that Donald Trump started to do was start to use the executive order. And I went, wait, I thought, wait, wait, I thought we, I thought we didn't like executive orders. Wait, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, did I, did I go to sleep? Am I Rip Van Winkle? Did I miss something? And I said, well, we can't, no, that's not the way to do it. I thought we had a legislature, la la la, and and people looked at me like shh shh, because I felt like the kid and again. I felt like the kid, the kid, the kid you know, you know, in, in in the story, Emperor's New Clothes. Shh, be quiet. Yeah, you. you can't say that kind of thing. And <laughs> a lot of that, I I talk to people a lot about the idea of tribalism. About it all depends on what jersey you're wearing. Depends. Yeah. That, that's what forms your your opinions. And there are so many people who who 
cling to that jersey that they can't they can't they can't accept anything else that that challenges that and that that confirmation bias that that bubble they live in it it, it is it is what is one of the leading things that's dividing this country right now because people I, I've seen people who are more comfortable being wrong than admitting they are wrong. Even when you present facts to them, they are more comfortable saying, I'm sorry, but my tribe says this. And I don't know. I don't know how I, I think social media has contributed to that mainly through maybe act mainly accidentally because the algorithms are designed to engage us they're designed to promote engagement and so a lot of times we see uh what we want to see and things we don't want to see we can filter out and that that just exacerbates that that bubble Hmm. plus we're not getting out we don't have the communities like we used to so we're not getting out and we're not engaging with other people as much as we used to. We find ourselves more sheltered. I'm reading uh, Senator Ben Sass's book, Them, right now, which is so far a fantastic book. But it highlights the fact that, that Robert Putnam noticed back in the 90s where we have more and more bowlers in America, but we have fewer people joining bowling leagues. And so we don't have hmm. these these little tribes that Edmund Burke talked about. We don't have these, these uh, coalitions that that uh, Alexis de Tocqueville talked about. Our community is is weaker because we're not going out and doing things, and that's not exposing us to other people. Um, Andrew Heaton has a podcast that, that uh, I, I enjoy, and he talks about the fact that uh, we we just don't we're we're not having those engagements, and and when we do, there are things that you know people say to you online that they would not feel comfortable saying to you in person. That is, that, that it, is truth. That, that separation, that is also exacerbating things. And I just, I, I, look, at, I look at the world now and I, I worry because there are so many people who only see one institution for solving problems, and that's government. And I've seen this – the only people I haven't seen this mentality in are anarchists, and I don't mean like whiskers and bombs anarchists. I mean, <laughs> I mean like the original, <laughs> we can do this without force anarchists. And, but there's this mentality that if government doesn't do it, it won't be done. And I think we saw at the beginning of, of the COVID situation where government was slow, but the other institutions of business, of community, they started taking action – before government could, and, and they're doing it now in places where government is still ineffective. There, there are solutions that are out there, but they don't all have to come from government. And I'm hoping that there's, this is a growing uh, realization for a lot of people. This and, and and as things move on, um, this may end up being just that. But you know what? It's, it's interesting when you talk about tribalism. You know um, that I probably I've been experiencing that in my community for a really long time. When you walk up or down the street and you go, you know what, we have been run by this one tribe for about fifty years. Look at our neighborhoods. Look at our institutions. Look at our schools. Look at our businesses. Uh, look at our infrastructure as com- as compared to others. And we are not allowed to question those that are in charge. 
that's been that's been the dynamic in the black community for a really long time. So I guess you know, because black people are cool, I guess white people want to get on the deal too because they want to be cool like black people. Um, so so welcome to the party. Welcome to the <laughs> welcome to the party, y'all. Well, is that is that is that uh, still the way it is, or are there yes. are there fractures yes. in that? There are fractures in that, thanks to uh, thanks to me, uh, not just me, obviously, uh, probably not <laughs> me at all, probably not me at all. But um, it's starting. There are starting to be fractures in that, but it doesn't make it easy. It, as you make it more difficult, talked about like the people on your on your on your Facebook page who just say crazy things. It isn't. It doesn't make it easier for someone like me or someone like my friend Eddie Adams Jr. Uh, or you know what, any of the people that we know in these communities who are staying in the communities and trying to help where we live. I didn't move to a gated community because I didn't want to be around black people. I didn't. I moved to the hood and been here twenty years uh, and love it. But um, it doesn't make it easier when people say crazy stuff like you know, best president ever. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because it makes it hard to to stay on principle and not slip into personality. I'm and trying you know, to stay I on principle. Well, yeah, absolutely, principles uh, principles over you know almost anything. When I see those folks, though, I think it's important to remember um, when you see folks like that. I see that as an opportunity, and I'm taking it less and less on social media because I just don't think it's effective. Um, but th- w- when when you see that. I try to remember that there are there are four audiences there that I'm talking to. Okay, there's the audience of the person who wrote it and those who agree with it. Those people are generally going to be opposed to what I say. So one audience is those who oppose me. There are others who will see it and they don't care one way or the other. They're going to scroll right past it. They 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 that's the apathetic audience. Then there's those who agree with me, they'll read it and they might drop a like on there. And then there are those who are on the fence. They, they don't know one way or the other. They, they want to know, but they don't know. And so when you can engage, if you can engage someone in that situation who's opposed to you, you're, you're going to be able to influence those who are on the fence. And that's really the only person you need to worry about influencing out of those four audiences. Those who are opposed mm-hmm. to you, are going to be opposed to you. Those who are on your side, you know, there's a reason why preachers preach to the congregation and not the choir, right? And, <laughs> That's the truth. And then there are those who don't care, they're going to scroll by. But those who are on the fence, you know, those who are sitting there listening, those are the people you can influence. And if you can engage with someone who, who's opposed to you, you can make a, a rational, lucid, principled case, you know, and put that emotion in there too. You can influence people that way. I don't know. I, I I don't know how much you're gonna do online, but you know if you're talking to somebody in person, you you can influence them that way. You can influence yeah, I don't, people that way. I don't think you can do any. I don't. I, you know. I think I think the days of doing any anything online is probably are probably over. Um, and you and I think you're right. And I think you, there's so many people who we we say are in the valley of decision, um, who don't know but who would like to know. Um, those are the people that we should be talking to and talking to a lot. Um, that's where our, and, and if we, and, and if we're honest, that's where our gain has been. That's where the fractures have come from. People who are like, I don't know, I'll, but I've been thinking about that too. Let me hear what you have to say. So that's the barbershop. That's barbershop talk. <laughs> that's black yeah, barbershop. I, 
Black Barbershop is club. I I I wish there was a community like that around here for for me to join. I live in a very small town, and I was reading. Uh, where was I reading? I was reading something uh, last night about there's not that that Friday night at the gym feeling. You know how I, uh, <clears throat> Friday nights everybody in town would go small town would go to the gym or go to the the football game or whatever. And I yes yeah. I don't know I don't I don't have that in my small town. I wish I wish we did. I think the more we can get back to that feeling, the better things will get. I just don't know how we get back to that when we have um, a society that is is very much what's going on on my phone, not what's going on at the gym. That's very true. That's why I, that's why I make sure I still go to the barbershop. I go to the barbershop, and I go to a barbershop that um, is okay with conversation, is okay with um, – a little conflict as long as we stay cool. Um, you know, and, and, and the barber, of course, is always the moderator, so that works great. Uh, and it, 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 it does. And I think I, I've been able to at least have a few people think about what I, you know, I was saying um, in those conversations. Speaking of getting offline, uh, I don't, you know what? I know that you have wood to chop there and, and snow to shovel or whatever. <laughs> the hell you guys are doing in this story. But in any case, um, this whole idea of censorship from Facebook, Twitter, uh, you know, Amazon, and all these other people who, who own the online infrastructure, um, the tribe doesn't like it when we say, you know, Facebook is owned by Facebook and their and their peeps. They can. They've always had the power to do whatever the hell they wanted to. Uh, why are you surprised and upset? They don't like it when I yeah. say that. No, why? no, they don't. And you know, I, I look at it like very similar to what you just said. Facebook's a private company. Facebook can do what they want with their platform. Uh, it it is no different than someone who owns a brick and mortar store asking someone to leave who's doing something they don't want done on their property. It is, it is no different. I, I, I was thinking last night in, in, you know, about this conversation and I was thinking about that restaurant uh, slash bookstore yeah. that we ate at when we were, when I was down there. And mm-hmm. uh, I thought, what if, what if all of a sudden in that, in that bookstore, I just started preaching the, the, uh, the, the beauty of Frederick Hyatt, <laughs> you know, just, Right there in the middle of the bookstore. Hop over the um, table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They could easily ask me to stop doing that. And if I didn't stop doing it, they would be completely within their rights to have me removed from their property. It's, it's no different than what Facebook has done, what Twitter has done. Nobody has a right to the, to the service of someone else. Now, that being said, I think it is also possible that what Facebook has done and what Twitter has done is kind of dumb. And here's why. Uh, it goes back to to Frederick Bastiat. It goes back to Thomas Sowell. Bastiat said what, there are things that are seen and things that are unseen. Every action, every policy has two sets of consequences. There are consequences that are seen. There are consequences that are unseen. And Thomas Sowell 
uh, says it differently. I like I like the way he says it, and I I preach this. There are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. There are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. So when you look at this, Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Snapchat, and I forget how many other services at this point have banned Trump, and they're banning all these other people. And the what is seen? What is seen is these folks can't use those platforms anymore. What is unseen is the platforms they are using now. <laughs> and the fact that the conversation hasn't stopped, it's just moved a little more underground. You have not stopped bad speech. You will never stop bad speech with censorship. The alternative to bad speech is more speech, not less speech. And that is how the, they could have – you know, the trade-offs for this action could be worse than letting them – do what they want. I completely understand them saying we don't want people preaching violence on our platforms. Stop or we'll ask you to leave or we'll make you leave. I completely get that, and they're completely within their rights. My concerns are through this action, are the trade-offs worth it? Are the trade-offs worth the action they've taken? I hope that made sense. That made see, but I and I knew this would happen, Dwayne. I knew that you would come on and you would make a whole bunch of sense. But when people make a whole bunch of sense, it's some hard. It's sometimes hard for people to deal with. It's hard for them to take in, um, be, be, because first of all, you have to be an adult, and I and I, and, I, and I say it that way on purpose. You have to be an adult. You have to be willing to look at situations like, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It doesn't make any, you know, and and again, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, um, TikTok, all of them have the right to do whatever the heck they want. Um, but it's just you. I thought the same thing. It's a stupid move. If you're trying your best to remove violent talk, um, they're also making the mistake is that they're actually throwing the baby out with the bathwater a lot of times too. And what Andrew Breitbart told me is that what we need is not is is fewer voices. We need more voices. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my first interview with him, and I was terrible, and he was great. And I listened to it when I need a spanking, or I start to feel too good about myself. Um, you know, I, I thought, never had an interview with him. Never really um, talked to the guy. Man, dude. Nope. <laughs> I wouldn't still be doing this. And sometimes I know I get up in the morning and talk to my microphone, and it's only me. And it's just me talking to the microphone. I know that. I still wouldn't be doing it. Had I not spoken with him way, way early, back in 2008, I think it was. Um, just incredible. But um, I've been he, in the same room with him several times and asked people to introduce me, but never got the chance. Oh, man. Super, so. super. Right now, we could use some Andrew Breitbart around here. <laughs> we could use some freaking Andrew Breitbart around here. Uh, now, yeah. and, and and he wouldn't be everybody everybody who considers himself a conservative's cup cup of tea, obviously. Um, but that's the whole point. But that's the whole point. The whole point is that it's not. It doesn't have to be monolithic. It doesn't have to be tribal. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't have to be what you look like. It, you know, you could. Your voice is important. But that's what the, yeah. that was about. Andrew was all about. So, where do you see us going forward? I mean. We just, I mean, this battle through 2020. Here comes 2021. There is some 
uh, optimism because this is all always this secular op- optimism about the new year. Um, <laughs> yeah, the beginning of yeah, 2021. No, not not the right. But it seems like 2020. The beginning of 2021 has been pretty rugged in the first I don't know 12 days. Um, so where do you <laughs> see us? I mean, it's been it's been pretty rough the first 12 days. But um, where do you see us in a year? Uh, obviously, the COVID lockdowns are, are going to be ending in New York soon, uh, unless Governor DeSantis has hacked Andrew Cuomo's Twitter account. <laughs> Which, <laughs> That's why Ron Paul got kicked off of Facebook, right? Exactly. Exactly. So where do you see us here in a year? You know, making predictions is, is uh, Tough. dangerous. Impossible. I know. Yeah, I What's your gut? I, uh, Just your gut. I won't hold you to it. I promise. <laughs> I would like to think that that we could see some sort of of uh, unity, uh, but I would not bet folding money on it. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I would. I, there are organizations out there that that are trying to to get things done and. I would like to think that there's an opportunity out there for, for them to step in to the situation and start accomplishing their goals. I, I, I really, I had never even thought about that. Uh, I, I don't tend to have a, uh, an optimistic look at this country, but I'm trying to be optimistic. <laughs> I know. Uh, That's why I asked. I know. <laughs> So I, and and I and, think, and you've come to I that think, point honestly because you know when you have opportunity after opportunity and you don't do well I mean it's, it's silly to think oh we're going to do well now we'll do this better now why <laughs> what what's changed that we're going to get it together what's changed I would I would like to think I can't I can't tell you that you know this is what I think I think there are people who are recognizing that that when you I think they're recognizing that you can't count on government for all the solutions and that when you do, you will be epically disappointed. And I think we, we have people who are seeing <clears throat> that there are alternatives to the way life was before 2020. And one of the most, um, one of the most <clears throat> encouraging things is how many people had to deal with a, a lack of public school in that the, when those public schools closed, they had to come up with different solutions. And I think there are more people out there who are seeing there are alternatives to a one size fits all top down education solution in this country. Hopefully they take advantage of that, that realization. And we see, we see people encouraging competition in that area. If that happens, that would make me optimistic. That would be a very, that would be, and I think that would be the very, that would be the perfect start um, that indeed we sort of take back the responsibility for educating our own children. Um, That is, I I thought for years that, that is key. Um, so much, in fact, that I have taken a third job working in a local Christian charter school. Uh, 
because I need one more thing to do. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking, because you, you had too much time on your hands, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I was actually sleeping, so I got to get rid of that. What a waste of time that is. Um, but it's a but it's a great school, and 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 its premise is <clears throat> its premise is community because it's sitting it's it's sitting right up in the hood. Um, it is run by um, Christian Black conservatives um, in this area, and and our our message is to make sure that we get to these get get, get to these children and we get to these families. Um, so, and that's what we're doing, and it's a lot of work, but. It's wonderful. It really is. I can't. I can't say I hate it. I love it. Uh, but it's it's all offering parents an alternative, and I think that if those alternatives need to be offered, and people need to take advantage of them. You're right. Starting with school system, and all sorts of other ways that government is has been inefficient forever, um, and capricious. Not not just inefficient, but capricious at times. And that's I think where people get really frustrated: the capriciousness of all of it. Um, it just changes overnight. It's crazy. Yeah. All and right. One thing, um, I, one thing I, I think we, we we could really learn a lot if we applied what, what Milton Friedman used to say and say, it's not important what was promised, but look at what was delivered. Yeah. Because I don't know that there are a lot of people who go into government with the intent of committing atrocities or being evil. I think a lot of people, a vast majority of people who go into politics in America go into politics with the intent of making things better for Americans. Despite what we're supposed to believe about the other tribe, about the other people, there are not a lot of people who are just downright evil and are trying to make things horrific for people. They, They go in there with the best of intentions of making things better. We just need to accept. That even when they're on our, t- when they're wearing the same jersey, it isn't what they promise, but what they deliver that matters. And if we can look at that, I think we can make things better too. We'll try. You just opened up a whole can of worms, and then completely no- another discussion. But uh, and we'll just let that lay and address it sometime next week, probably. Um, <laughs> Dwayne, thank you ever so much. It's all. It's great hearing your voice. Get. Give your family a big hug for me, and um, and maybe soon um, you guys can be back in the area, and um, uh, we can go to a restaurant that has better parking. I promise. I <laughs> promise. In Florida, I swear. In Florida, oh no, 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 no. There are there are some. I promise you. I swear to you that I will. I bet that I will suggest somewhere that has a lot better parking. Uh, <laughs> So again, again, in any case, give everybody a hug for me. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad your family is healthy, and I hope to be hearing from you again, again soon. I'll tell um, our friend Paul Swanson, who is working with me on this project, uh, that I got a chance to speak to you. He'll, he'll hear. Um, keep in touch with him. He's doing cool things up with the Swanson Report. I mean, That's if you've got some, you know, you all right. Anyway, you be well, and we'll talk to you very soon. Take care, man. That's my friend Dwayne Lester. Truth. Truth. God, that's tough, isn't it? Oh, reality. Common sense. Tough. But it's our way forward. Thank you ever so much. Uh, Dwayne, we appreciate you, and we'll be back right after these messages. If you are a true blue conservative, 
Small businesses are near and dear to your heart. They are the lifeblood of our life and economy. I believe this, and that's why my florist is not a website or phone number. My florist is Bloomingdale's Flower Shop, Tampa's premier flower shop. At 11618 North Florida Avenue here in Tampa, Florida, and at 6835 State Road 54 in Newport Ritchie. Call Christine at 813-933-1942 and at 727-232-6900. She can also be reached on the web at www.bloomingdays.com. We are in tumultuous times here on the internet. Many platforms are finally taking this opportunity to rid themselves of conservative voices. A lot of you are learning how this internet game is played and are wondering if there is a place for you online. Well, yes, there is. Freedomforum.website is providing a place for everyone to be, including conservatives. Freedomforum.website is dedicated to the First Amendment and free speech for everyone. Join us there and speak your mind. One of the things that I get asked most is where can I get information that is not tainted with liberal bias, especially here in the Tampa Bay area. Well, now I have the answer. DBCTampa.com A website by and for Tampa area conservatives. Tampa's leading conservative voices speak freely at TBCTampa.com And you can too. So join the fun and enjoy the freedom at TBCTampa.com Fight Back Media is proud to have a rock-solid conservative contribute to our effort on the Morning Report. And now it's time for The Bryce is Right. This is Tim Bryce with my column titled, Thank You, President Trump. As the tenure of Donald J. Trump comes to an end, let me be the first to say thank you, Mr. President, for your service. The Democrats won't say it. The news media certainly won't. And don't hold your breath for the Republicans. But as a member of the American populace, I offer my sincerest gratitude for going above and beyond the call of duty. Despite constant resistance from the Congress, a news media bent on undermining your every move and fair-weather friends in your own party, you accomplished more than the two terms of your predecessor and undoubtedly more than your successor. In your four years, you brought peace to the Middle East by brokering treaties between Israel, the UAE, Bahrain, and the Sudan. This should easily result in a Nobel Peace Prize for you. You moved the American Embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, something promised by past presidents, yet failed to implement. You were responsible for the elimination of ISIS terrorists in the Middle East. 
The country became energy independent under your leadership, thereby bringing the cost of energy down as well as inflation. It also eliminated our dependence on foreign oil and further entanglements in the Middle East. You inaugurated the U.S. Space Force for the future defense of our country and planet. You reinvigorated the American military and reformed the Veterans Administration. You made them proud again. You developed new and stronger American trade deals, including the USMCA. Now, such trade deals will no longer be one-sided. You expedited the development of the coronavirus vaccine, thereby helping not only Americans, but our foreign allies as well. You created a robust economy, the envy of the world, with higher GDP and lower unemployment levels for the country, including several minorities. As an outsider, you hindered the Congress's incestuous relationship with lobbyists, bureaucrats, and the press, simply by putting America first. The Washington establishment fought back with everything they had. Fake investigations, a fake impeachment, fake reporting, fake election, all designed to mislead the public. They did nothing but prove the government is for sale to the highest bidder and whoever can stoop the lowest. So, in addition to your other accomplishments, let me thank you for believing in the greatness of America and putting our country first. We reject the notion of a world order. For showing us you do not have to be a part of the political elite to be successful in Washington, D.C., or in any other level of government. You have given us hope common sense can prevail over political ideology. For revealing the corruption and diabolical evil of the Washington establishment, as well as their counterparts in foreign governments, the spying, the deceit, the propaganda, the sabotage, and the total absence of morality, all endorsed by the media. For demonstrating the need for election reform, something the Congress openly resists. If left unchanged, the Democrats will use this as a template for future elections. For clearly showing the inequities of the party system, whose members are more interested in doing what's best for themselves and not the American people. They do not seem to realize their foot is squarely on a banana peel as the citizens are dissatisfied with the performance of our elected officials. There is so much injustice in the government, it is time to finally conduct a constitutional convention to reform it, something the Congress will openly resist. And for showing the gullibility of the American people, those easily brainwashed by the news media. Now the American ship turns to port, and our culture, morality, and history will come under attack by the coming leftist era. Thank you, Mr. President, for showing us the truth and flushing out the true enemies of the country. You opened our eyes to reality. It's remarkable. We had you for only four years, yet you were the best president in the past 50 years, perhaps 100. We'll probably never find another one like you in our lifetime. Not unless the citizens rise up and declare, enough is enough. President Trump, should you decide to retire, you deserve a well-earned rest. But knowing your political opponents, they will never stop hounding you as they do not want you to run again. Do not despair, though. As it says in Matthew 25, 22-24, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. The patriots will take it from here. 
we will not forget the lessons you have taught us. To borrow and modify a couple of lines from Walt Whitman, O Captain, my Captain, our fearful trip has just begun. The ship has weathered every rack. The prize we sought will be won. Thank God for Donald Trump. Friends, keep the faith. This is Tim Bryce in Palm Harbor, Florida. Follow me on the internet at timbrice.com. Fight Back Media is proud to have a rock-solid conservative contribute to our effort on The Morning Report. And now it's time for The Brace is Rate. This is Tim Bryce with my column titled, What Really Happened at the Stop the Steal Protest? The Stop the Steal Protest was held on Wednesday, January 6, 2021 in the nation's capital. This was a massive demonstration protesting what the crowd believed to be a stolen presidential election. The people assembled peacefully, listened to a speech by President Trump, and marched to Congress. While there, several demonstrators broke into the Capitol building. I happen to have two personal friends attend the function, and their account is in sharp contrast to the one depicted by the news media. They are a retired married couple who requested anonymity in this report, as they don't want to be threatened. I have personally known them for many years, going far back to my days in Cincinnati. No, they are most certainly not terrorists, as President-elect Biden labeled the group, nor did they support violence or were affiliated with terrorist groups like Antifa or Black Lives Matter. Heck, the husband was at Woodstock, and I kidded him about the comparison. They're just basic, good, peace-loving, patriotic citizens who pay their taxes and are concerned about the direction of our country. I asked them for a synopsis of what they saw and heard. Below is their report, unedited and not requiring any analysis from me. Their words alone are illuminating. They begin. It was not easy being in D.C. this week at the Stop the Steal protest. We're older folks, 68 and 70 years old. It was very cold. There were only a couple bathrooms, no place to sit, and lots of walking on hard pavement. Massless individuals were everywhere, and that's certainly okay. However, we are at some risk, so we wore our mask and tried to keep our distance. All that said, we're so glad we went. Since November, we have spent countless hours investigating the claims Rudy Giuliani made about the presidential election. We have watched at least 20 hours of live testimony held at state legislatures by people who had signed sworn affidavits of the election fraud they personally witnessed. The testimony of literally hundreds of witnesses was riveting and quite shocking. We saw the video in Fulton County where the fake water main break occurred in the early morning hours. We saw videos of media and poll watchers leave, and then we saw a person pull four cases out from under a table filled with ballots. On tape, we saw two women put piles of these ballots through voting machines repeatedly. We heard direct accounts of ugly harassment and poll watchers being kept within a corral such that they couldn't see the legality of ballots. We also saw a videotape of Democratic poll workers in Detroit loudly booing Republican poll watchers as they were escorted out of precincts and of windows being boarded up so we the people could not see what was going on in that voting precinct. We also saw an inexplicable jump of literally thousands of votes for Biden occurring in the middle of the night, right after a number of polling places had stopped counting. All of those jumps just managed to put Biden in the lead in the battleground states. 
We also researched many of the strange anomalies associated with this election, such as Trump winning 17 out of 18 bellwether counties and Republicans unexpectedly winning a number of House seats in spite of Trump losing overall and Democrats winning none of the toss-up seats. So where is the news on this story? Probably the biggest story of the decade. Where are our traditional conservative news sources, such as the Wall Street Journal or Fox News? Where is any mainstream coverage anywhere reporting on this? They are nowhere. And that is exactly why we went, to protest the lack of coverage and to stop the steal. We are now witnessing corruption on a scale we never imagined here in America. It's on all sides. Politicians, over 99% of media and virtually all of our courts are going along with the steal. What is hard to fathom is that we are not asking to necessarily overturn an election. We are simply asking for proof for a forensic audit of what really occurred, particularly in the battleground states. The fact they refused to do any kind of thorough examination of the ballots or the voting machines only further raises our suspicions of voter malfeasance. Another reason to attend the protest was a desire to be surrounded by people who know what we know, who comprehend the gravity of what we have witnessed, who believe what we believe, and who understand what is happening, that our precious, beloved America is corrupt right down to her very core. As we walked the streets of D.C. on Tuesday night, January 5th, we saw people of all ages, all stripes, all races, and from all across the country. Some were in wheelchairs, some in strollers, many waving flags, virtually all smiling, on their way to pre-rally event on Freedom Plaza. We listened to speaker after speaker, including Peter Navarro and an amazing young man, 15-year-old Chandler Crump, stir the crowd with passion and patriotism. On Wednesday, January 6th, we headed toward the ellipse where President Trump was to speak. On the day, we were again impressed with the camaraderie of the crowd. It was such a relief to be around like-minded people, we passed a number of Chinese people who held up signs and gravely passed out literature on the dangers of the CCP. They were in the right place. Trump gave an excellent speech about his hopes and fears for the future of America. He was certainly not advocating violence as the media has so gleefully proclaimed. After all, he was simply stating what we already knew. He was being his usual blunt and straightforward self, expressing his concerns of a corrupted election and how terrible this will be for our country. We have never been to a Trump rally before, so we cannot speak from experience, but we detected an undertone of his sadness. Since we are in the outskirts of the ellipse, we left a bit early to head over to the Capitol building where people had planned to head afterward as a way to show members of Congress their concerns about election corruption. On the way, we noticed a few strange characters walking in the front. They stood out from the general congeniality of the Trump supporters. They were restless, watchful, anticipatory of what we do not know. They did not appear to be in unison with most of the crowd. When we eventually arrived at the Capitol building, it was rather odd, for we did not see a policeman in sight. Why wouldn't there be any guards or police officers? After all, we knew that this very afternoon the elector voting in Congress was taking place. Shouldn't guards be on duty? As other people arrived, we enjoyed some good moments. A highly entertaining Uncle Sam was standing on a cement podium speaking through a megaphone, shouting, 
USA or Stop the Steal and singing humorous lyrics to familiar melodies. The atmosphere was festive. Nearby, a number of people had climbed scaffolding for the inauguration. That didn't look safe. Where were the police? After a while, people stepped over a short fence and walked right onto the Capitol lawn. Everyone was peaceable, friendly, and in good spirits. While milling around, we heard a few flashbangs. We couldn't quite tell where they came from. Some younger people started climbing onto the front porticos of the Capitol. They were yelling down to the crowd slogans such as USA and singing God Bless America. Suddenly, a line of D.C. police did appear. They stood in full gear on the grounds right next to the Capitol building. They were there for maybe five minutes, and then they disappeared around to the other side. At one point, a gentleman approached us and told us he was from Switzerland. He then said, what are you going to do about this? We told him simply, we don't know. His phone rang, and he left to answer. His question reminded me the whole world was watching and was probably wondering the same thing. What are we going to do about this? We wandered toward the other side of the Capitol building. There, the police were standing on the Capitol stairs. By this time, we noticed some people had broken a window and climbed into the building. Other than that, we knew very little about protesters being inside the building. As it started becoming colder and windy, we decided to head back to our hotel room. As we were leaving, our attention was drawn to an agitated, sketchy-looking young man who was aggressively in the face of a police officer. It reminded us of Antifa tactics we had seen in videos last summer. We also observed someone had flattened all the tires of a truck and trailer with Trump signs. When we got back to our room, we turned on a news program. We were absolutely shocked to hear how rioters had stormed the Capitol building and created such chaos it had to be evacuated. We understand people should not have breached the Capitol building. However, 99.99% of the people involved in the protests were completely peaceful. Hundreds of thousands of citizens showed up to express their concerns for our election system and our country. The message we hope to convey to our country and our Congress had been completely hijacked. All news coverage was about riots. Nothing was said about the multitude of concerned citizens who had chosen to converge at this place. We have patiently been doing the right thing, waiting since election night for events to properly play out, for the people in power to do something, anything, to bring some kind of resolution to this terrible mess. After all, our leaders, our courts, and our laws are here to protect us from this kind of power grab, aren't they? In retrospect, this is all rather disheartening. God help us. End quote. Friends, Keep the faith. This is Tim Bryce in Palm Harbor, Florida. Follow me on the internet at timbrice.com. Fight Back Media is proud to have a rock-solid conservative contribute to our effort on the Morning Report. And now it's time for The Bryce is Right. This is Tim Bryce with my column titled, A Women? As most of you have heard by now, at the opening of the 117th Congress on Sunday, January 3rd, Representative Emanuel Cleaver, a Democrat of Missouri, who also happens to be a United Methodist pastor, was asked to do the invocation at the start of the meeting, as is customary. However, he surprised a lot of people when he ended his prayer by saying, Amen, 
and A Women. A Women? I think this was done by design, not by accident, nor was it intended to be a joke. At first, this triggered a lot of puns such as A Moron and Maniac versus Woe Maniac. And I'm sure we'll hear many more in the days ahead. The term Amen is gender neutral and is an ancient expression used by the Israelites to mean it is true or so be it. Frankly, a women is a nonsense word without meaning. Trying to introduce gender into the description simply doesn't make sense. There's something more sinister going on here. As part of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's agenda for the new Congress, she is introducing legislation to eliminate what the Democrats consider gender-specific terms such as father, mother, son, daughter, brother, sister, uncle, aunt, first cousin, nephew, niece, husband, wife, father-in-law, mother-in-law, son-in-law, daughter-in-law, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, stepfather, stepmother, stepson, stepdaughter, stepbrother, stepsister, half-brother, half-sister, grandson, or granddaughter. Phew. I interpret this as a refutation of the family unit. Are they trying to make us feel ashamed of our mother, father, and all our other relatives? Instead, the speaker proposes to use more inclusive terms such as parent, child, sibling, parent's sibling, first cousin, sibling's child, spouse, parent-in-law, child-in-law, sibling-in-law, step-parent, step-child, step-sibling, half-sibling, or grandchild. This is just plain silly and something I certainly will not be adopting. This reminds me of the Coneheads from Saturday Night Live who described themselves as parental units to their daughter, Connie. Then again, the Coneheads introduced a lot of terms the Democrats would embrace, such as Zythron the Insistent, to supplant American historical figures, fiberglass, something people like to bite, consuming mass quantities of beer and eggs, a well-balanced source of food, and of course, France a deceptive reference to their true love and home planet, Remulac. Is the speaker suggesting the Ten Commandments is wrong when it states, Honor thy father and thy mother? Is she saying we should change it to honor thy parental units? Maybe Democrats are nothing more than coneheads in disguise. I'm also confused on how she should be addressed. For example, Mr. or Madam Speaker. Perhaps Transgender Speaker. How about her personal life? Is she Mr. or Mrs. Pelosi? Or even Ms. Pelosi? Seriously, now that the Democrats are in control of the government, they are stepping up their war on American culture. This will include attacks on religion, history, vocabulary, family, race, and any group or person opposing their agenda. All of this is intended to keep Americans in line, suppress independent thought, and promote socialism. As for me... I'll borrow an expression from the late, great George M. Cohen. My mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. Friends, keep the faith. This is Tim Bryce in Palm Harbor, Florida. Follow me on the internet at timbrice.com. All right, this has been kind of a long weekend wrap, but we had a lot to wrap up. So thank you very much for your time and your energy. We appreciate you. Um, until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, y'all take care of yourself. We'll see you when we see you. 
We appreciate the time you took today to listen to the broadcast. Please check the links below on how to further interact with the FightbackMedia.com network. Please remember to like and share this broadcast with your like-minded friends and family. Also, we'd appreciate your subscription to the broadcast, and make sure to hit the notification bell so you're notified when we upload new content.